Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to discuss an article from the October issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Understanding Cattle Health Concerns on Corn Stocks. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Nebraska Extension Educator, Dr. Lindsay Wachter-Mead. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me back, Aaron. Well, Dr. Lindsay Wachter-Mead, as we discuss this topic, we're looking here at early October, and this is the time of year when a lot of folks are getting ready to put cows out on corn stalks. There are some things we need to be aware of when we think about doing that, some potential health concerns that you list in this article. Uh, Walk through with us just some things to be aware of, some things to pay attention to as we get ready to turn cows out on corn stalks. Yeah, thank you. So, the purpose of me writing this really was to just kind of highlight two two major concerns that I see when we do turn out cattle to these corn stalks. And we may be aware, producers are, I'm sure, aware of what they are, but I just kind of wanted to explain a little bit of the process of how it happens. I I think that's helpful in understanding, you know, what acidosis is and what nitrate toxicity does to the animals to kind of help us to to talk about some prevention strategies. So the first one that I discuss is acidosis. So we know that acidosis is defined as basically a grain overload. If the cattle are out on the corn stalks specifically, that would be if we have too much dropped corn that's out there. But what happens is is it's really a change in the way that the microbes digest, the rumen microbes digest that corn. So the technical definition, I guess, of acidosis doesn't even necessarily have to be grain. Um, it can be any sort of high amounts of fermentable carbohydrates. So um, even like when I'm reading through some of my research on writing this, there were some authors that were discussing issues of acidosis in feeding uh, bakery products, you know, uh, to cattle. So it's just anything with high carbohydrates that the body's trying to digest. So when they when they eat that, specifically in this case, the corn, those rumen microbes will start to ferment the carbohydrate that's found in the corn. And what that does is it leads to this increase in um, a product called lactate. And lactate can do a lot of negative things to an animal. When, when the lactate production increases more than can be absorbed, then that rumen pH, so just the acidic or the basic amount that the rumen is at will actually drop down below a normal range. And so normal range of a rumen, it is an it is an acidic environment. So it's normally around 5.6 to 6.9 pH. But when the lactate production increases from those microbes digesting it, it will actually drop down to 5.2 or below. And so that would be the clinical definition of acidosis is when the pH is below that 5.2. So then this kind of starts this cascade event of negative signs in the animal. The acidic environment will actually start to damage the rumen lining. The epithelium is what that's called. And once that becomes damaged, that can actually lead to an increase of proliferation of some bacteria and yeast and fungus that really, really thrive in that low um, acidic environment or high acidic, low pH environment. So then you can start to see some issues uh, like a, you know, a yeast, basically an overgrowth of yeast infection in the rumen. Um, You can actually create some bacteria 
that can potentially proliferate and grow and that can actually get into the bloodstream and then get into circulation and we start to see things such as liver abscesses. We might have some venal cable, basically just a vein, uh, like a thrombus or a blood clot can be formed off of that. But all of this damage will definitely affect uh, the blood volume and which also talks about hydration of the animal. So there's a difference in the way that the that the animal stays hydrated and the where the water kind of goes back and forth across the bloodstream from the rumen, and it will actually lead to dehydration. So you start to see clinical signs, like you'll notice diarrhea, they'll be dehydrated, sunk eyes, really depressed, probably go off of feed. The other part of it is that it can actually, because it's affecting the blood volume and the way that we have blood flow to exterior extremities, so such as your feet, that's where you start to see that laminitis because it will actually start some change in the in the blood vessel makeup that that goes down to the hoof wall and so then that's when we start to see those cattle that are really sore long-term effects such as abortions also because if we're thinking about the uterus being a big organ that needs a lot of blood flow if we are not getting enough blood flow to that uterus then that will start to lead to you know issues with with just creating keeping a pregnancy and so you will start to see some secondary long-term consequences such as abortions and laminitis in the article, I do discuss a little bit on management um, because that's really the key to to preventing acidosis, um, and it's much more rewarding than treatment. We know that if we've if you've ever been in that situation where there is a lot of dropped corn um, out in the field, and you start to have some cattle that go down, and or you have an abortion storm, and unfortunately, there's not a lot that you can do at that point. So, understanding how to manage, you know, what's out there in your field is really important. Um, so I do link to a co- another Beef Watch article on this article specifically about how a few management strategies for grazing corn stalks, but understanding the kind of key number between eight to 10 bushels of corn per acre would be concerning. Um, so you're at a higher risk for acidosis if you see that in your field. And and I did discuss too the little, the little calculation about how to determine how many bushels are there by kind of estimating your dropped ears of corn if you walk through those three different rows um, in the field, and then you divide that number by two. So again, if you're getting between eight to 10 bushels of corn per acre, then we want to discuss, um, you know, we're at a higher risk for acidosis. And you'll want to follow some of those, some of those tips to um, management to control, to be able to, to control acidosis and make sure that we try to prevent an issue. One of the other things I always encourage folks to think about, and you may walk out through a field and It appears that there's really not much corn on the ground and there probably isn't, but just scout that field a bit, field edges, place where there might've been a spill off a grain cart or a spill from, you know, a combine going into a semi or something like that. Sometimes those get missed and those can really be a source of a problem. If you've got a pile of corn on the ground, you think about an ear of corn, it takes a cow a bit to get that shelled off and get it down. If we got a pile of corn there and she's not acclimated to it at all, she can ingest that very quickly. So that's something else to scout fields for is just look for piles, look for spills. Uh, just be aware of that also. Yeah, that that's a good point because just overall, just understanding what's out in your cornfield, 
I mean, it, it can be a little laborsome to talk about, you know, walking the whole field, but, but you know, that if you're the one that harvested it, if, if there's a certain area that you're always dumping, then, you know, we want to pay attention to that. And also where you're putting your water tanks too, because we know that's going to be a high traffic area. So we probably want to avoid if we've got, got large amounts of corn in one spot, we probably don't want to put a water tank or mineral tub or something out where they're going to be congregating all the time. So just being aware of what's out there is important. One of the other things to be aware of is, as I think about pivots, a lot of Nebraska, there's still irrigation engines that are powered by diesel motors. And so as we think about pivot points, sometimes there's been some fertigation that's occurred. So maybe we've got a, a nurse tank there that has some fertilizer in it, or we've got uh, maybe some batteries at a center pivot point, uh, perhaps even some petroleum products there. Uh, scouting those pivot points and being aware of any potential hazards there is something to look out for as well. Yeah, I mean, we, we know that cattle are curious and they like to lick and mouth on things that you wouldn't you wouldn't think that they would. But but we, we need to know what is available that's out there that they could possibly do that, because there are some toxicity concerns that you might not necessarily think of immediately. But like you mentioned, if you do have some areas where you have some fertilizer or batteries or something that they can get into, making sure that area is, um, you know, fenced off or they're, they're not able to get there is very important. One of the other issues that you talk about in the article is potential for nitrate poisoning. And and this year in particular, especially I'd say in the eastern third of the state, there are scenarios where people have corn that is drought stressed, maybe dryland corn, or in many cases, pivot corners. Talk about that a bit and why we need to pay attention to that with grazing corn stalks. Yeah. So again, the way that nitrate toxicity works is I think it's kind of interesting, but it's good to understand um, the concerns about what you're looking for in, in nitrate toxicity. To start with, nitrates can be found basically in all plants, honestly. So the plants will take up the, the nitrates from the uh, soil and they'll take it up by the roots and then they will use that to convert that into protein in the plant. What happens in nitrate toxicity is that it'll accumulate if the rate of conversion to protein is not as fast and, and it starts to build up in there. So it's situations would be if there's stress, like drought, how you had mentioned, um, it's just how, you know, something that, that creates it from converting that into protein. So then we get too much in there. So then what happens is that when a ruminant would consume these high nitrate plants, those rumen microbes look at that nitrate and they convert it into nitrite. Technical word, but that's actually the issue. So nitrite is the is the toxicity part that we need to be concerned about because excess nitrite can be then absorbed into the bloodstream. And what happens with that is that it actually will go, uh, once it gets into the bloodstream, nitrite will actually affect the red blood cells it will change the oxygen carrying capacity of those red blood cells by taking the hemoglobin, which we know helps carry oxygen to all the tissues through our blood, and it'll convert it to what's called met hemoglobin. And basically met hemoglobin is just saying, no, you're, you're not, I'm not going to be able to allow you to carry any oxygen. And so you're ultimately asphyxiating or strangulating tissue um, from oxygen with that process. 
So anything, again, that's going to require um, high oxygen levels in the body, which is every body organ, um, is going to be affected. So the clinical signs that we see will be acutely weak, so suddenly weak. They might be breathing quickly uh, because it's affecting the lungs and the interchange of oxygen there. They'll be really tired, lethargic. You may see some muscle tremors, and um, ultimately, it's usually a sudden death issue if it's high enough. So long-term consequences after being exposed to nitrates can can lead to abortions because again, the uterus is a very large blood infused organ that's there. And if we are limiting the amount of blood flow that goes to that fetus, we'll normally see that issue about 10 to 14 days after exposure to these high nitrate plants. The, the treatment, again, there there is a treatment, but it's, you know, it's difficult because if you think about lack of oxygen to blood tissue and muscle is the biggest, you know, skeletal muscle is the biggest organ in the body. And so if if you need to move an animal to get treatment, that's going to stress it in, enough. So a lot of times we just, you know, the, the treatment is very difficult and it's it can be unrewarding. And so again, this is another management concern. So knowing what your levels are in your plants is key um, to prevent this. And and the the only way to do that, honestly, is to do testing. Um, I discussed in the article a little bit again about how to sample. Um, you can take it from standing plants and baled forages. We know that if the test comes back and it's greater than 10,000 parts per million of that nitrate, then then we you know that's that's toxic can lead to sudden acute toxicity signs and or sudden death. I like to think anything over 5,000. I don't want to feed that to anything pregnant. Um, you, there are management strategies to try and dilute those down, but you need to know what's in that before you turn your animals out to it. So that's that's going to be the key in trying to adjust. Because again, those microbes can kind of adjust just like in acidosis, they can kind of slowly adjust to that that corn, but you need to know what the level is and what animal that you're dealing with, whether it's a pregnant or an open cow so that you're managing it properly. So as I think about grazing corn stalks and potential nitrate issues, as we think about irrigated corn or typically normal dryland corn, this is not going to be an issue. But again, thinking about eastern Nebraska, a lot of drought-stressed corn this year, situations where maybe we had a pivot and then we also had pivot corners planted to corn, uh, thinking about field edges where maybe we had a higher population rate, still had a typical fertilizer rate, but maybe did not get the irrigation water it would typically get. It's my observation that cattle tend to like to graze stressed plants. And I've just noticed that oftentimes. And so I think as people turn cows out onto corn stalks, whether it's a pivot corner where plants have been stressed or field edges, uh, just be aware that that's likely a place where there could be an issue with drought stressed corn being high in nitrates. And what we typically would not think about being a problem could be just because cattle tend to prefer those drought stressed plants. Yeah. And again, that goes back to what I had mentioned about like where you place your water tanks and, you know, most of the time you want to put it on the edge of the field, but if that is a pivot corner and you are concerned about the nitrates there, um, you know, don't, don't put that where they're going to congregate. So if you can possibly move that in further um, or don't encourage, I guess the, the time to stay there, but they do, they do seek it out. The other part to remember is that those nitrates really, um, again, they accumulate from the stock because it's going from the roots up. And so the higher up in the plant, the lower those 
those nitrates should be. So the cattle are going to go eat grain first and then they're going to go to husks and leaves. And so if you can manage properly before, you know, you don't want to leave cattle out too long where they actually are forced to eat the stock because then we're going to have more of an issue with nitrate intake. So um, understanding how quickly they're grazing and if you need to do some strip grazing or something to try and keep them away from those areas, you know, we can still utilize those fields. It's just, again, knowing what's out there is important. Anything else on this topic you'd like to highlight today? No, I think the biggest thing too is if you have any questions just about, you know, if if you want to have a protocol in mind, I know that some producers have asked me about things like sodium bicarb, you know, or or how to how to prevent it from happening. The, the biggest thing is, uh, you know, discuss with your veterinarian what to look for. Um, I kind of list some highlights in here for clinical signs, but if there is to have a plan, um, if you do see something if you're concerned you know checking your cattle more often than normal for any of those clinical signs and then obviously contacting your veterinarian if you do have concerns over um you know if you are seeing any signs that look like it would be a possibility of having some sort of toxicity well thanks again for joining me today thank you aaron well for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's beef watch podcast i would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website again the title of the article we discussed today Understanding Cattle Health Concerns on Corn Stocks.